We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, guys, another crazy weekend of football games. But there's some sure things out there. UCLA can bet against Miami, so bad you can bet against them. And same with the Steelers, depending on what happens to Ben Roethlisberger. And there's one site you can go to check this out. Go to MyBookie and use the promo code ARMCHAIR as we have a first deposit bonus. You put 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks back. So go. Go cash in on MyBookie. And also, if you like the Bell of Fantasy Points, or if you or if you even missed a game, you can still place a bet, place a live bet. Go for it, guys. You bet, you win, you get paid. Alright, guys, welcome in another Panther Rants podcast. Lot Harris here, happy Monday. Obviously, we had um, you know, crazy weekend of games for college. Actually, not too crazy, because there really wasn't any uh, ri- really riveting matchups, to be honest. But, um, you know, some teams had their come down to earth. We had a whole bunch of them in the ACC, for one thing. And, uh, you know, I think uh, yeah, Big Ten had their, uh, one certain team in the Big Ten had their come to Jesus as well. We start off with uh, the game that uh, we've been anticipating for, you know, the last several years. Well, actually, last four years now. And that's the Keystone rivalry between Pitt and Penn State. Now, Thursday, I was on uh, with um, the Sermon on Mount Nittany with uh, Tommy Butler. Tommy and I had some, uh, we were talking about the game and the end of the series, and Tommy uh, is from uh, State College. He lives there. He just doesn't. He doesn't just go to Penn State. He lived. He's lived there. One thing he's told me is about the series itself is, as far as non-conference game, even even Big Ten games, the pick game has drawn a lot of buzz at State College more than more than ever. And even this week, there was there was a lot of buzz. And we both agree that the series should continue. Obviously, it's not going to for a while. As, you know, it's going to be the same old, same old, where one person says, hey, games you played, and everyone says, other coach says, yeah, you know, we got three non-conference games, and we got we, we need so many home games, and, you know, we just... Uh, the Big Ten starting a cornhole league, and you know we gotta we're having a team, and we got you know we need nine or ten home games because we gotta fund the cornhole league now. 
that's you know pretty much the um, what sums it up right there. And I think after um, what we saw on Saturday, I would say even the younger crowd at Penn State, even, of course, the younger crowd at Pitt as well, they got a taste of the game, and hopefully, maybe just maybe. There may be some more added, um, you know, not so much pressure, but more. Well, I guess you can say pressure because I can't think of any other word. To say, hey, let's let's bring this game back. It's exciting, and you know, it's great talk in the office because you know Penn State. You know, we work with Penn State grads. Penn State grads work with Pitt grads and whatnot. You got relatives that went to the Pitt or Penn State. And we're having technical difficulties as to speak. As I'm broadcasting, you know, with my phone, and of course it fell. So, if you if I hurt your ears, my apologies. But yeah, I got a niece that went to um, is going to Penn State. She's finishing up. My uh, sister got her master's at Pitt. So there you go. I actually went to Penn State myself for a year. I, went, I was a branch campus dummy. I couldn't get, I really couldn't get in the pit. I'm sure I could went to Greensburg, Titusville, but I wasn't going all the way out there. I ended up at Penn State McKeesport, which is now quote unquote Greater Allegheny. Which, you know, that little name change pissed off McKeesport a good bit, to say the least. It's funny because, you know, Penn State still considers me alumni, and I still get the, um, I don't know if I get them anymore, but for, for the longest time, I used to get the letters to, to buy ice cream from the creamery, because they would basically, they would take orders, and they would drive the truck down to Gray Allegheny, and you can buy some Penn State ice cream. Now, I think you can buy stickies, too. But right until then, the series goes on hiatus until something else happens. So I don't see anything happening in the foreseeable future. I would say we're, at the, we're probably going to wait another 20 years because if they would have got something fixed with this series, they would have done in these four years. And nothing's really been done. And that's just. That's just that. But as far as the game goes, Penn State took the final game of the series. Actually, they took the last three games of the series. So Pitt started off winning the first game, 42-39, in a thriller. And then the next three... Penn State just uh, they swapped they swapped us in the next three. Two of the games were in convincing fashion, and then the other last one was 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 the close one. 
as far as the game goes, Pitt overall played a hell of a game. The thing about Penn State is they're very talented. And if you give an inch, they're going to they're gonna make you pay. But if you look at the stats, the most telling one for Pitt was the rushing stats. I think they, they I think it was 24 yards on 25 carries, I believe, is what they ended up with. All I know is their, their, running, their rushing yards were in, were, was in the 20s. They couldn't run the ball for Dick against Penn State. Because Penn State has a very tough and aggressive defense. Uh, Pitt took advantage of that early with us with that screen to Vincent Davis, where he almost took it to the house. As Pitt early in that game was trying to find ways to get you know into rhythm, and by the second half, Pitt couldn't really run, really run the ball. But Kenny Pickett, if anything, may have had his growing up game, as he was spraying the ball around to different receivers. And he was making reads. He was finding the open guy. And he was making big completions. And he had a hell of a passing, you know, his passing numbers against Penn State were phenomenal. And so far at Pitt's offense, once again, they couldn't score in the second half. And that's been their Achilles heel so far is they can't do shit in the second half. And if you can't score in the second half, then stuff like this happens. But once again, Pitt had their opportunities to score, and well, we'll get to that in a moment. But I feel good about Kenny Pickett. The, um... There still needs improvements to be made, especially on the offensive line. The rub blocking is one one follower you know pointed out to me. They're just not running the ball. And they can't run the ball for some reason. And if they want to survive this uh, rest of the schedule, they're gonna to have to find a way to get you know, to run the ball. And if they can and not to mention that, score points. I mean, cause currently right now they got a lot of yards but just no points. So I like, I mean, I like their chances in the coastal. I still do. I'm not sure if Virginia is going to, you know, take advantage of what the, what the, what they've been given. You know, after what happened with Florida State, I mean, they won but barely. And if they don't, Pitt has a, Pitt still has a chance. Because we're seeing the coastal already unfolding as we speak, as North Carolina lost a wake, which was a surprising one because I thought North Carolina after being Miami and South Carolina would take care of Wake easily. Wake has a halfway wakes wakes a decent team, and they may be you know by the time they uh, face Clemson. And so that I mean that's just a team that's just coming out of nowhere. I mean I I expect them to you know to um, be where they're at and be a threat now, but 
I was pretty high on NC State, but NC State went to West, uh, West Virginia and got it destroyed. And, of course, Georgia Tech got beat by the Citadel, which shocked the hell out of me. So, things obviously are unfolding. But, the, in the, you know, the Atlantic, it's basically Clemson and everybody else. Nobody's, gonna, nobody's really going to challenge Clemson. Uh, Coastal, right now, is still anyone's race. Although, Virginia's in the driver's seat. But, um, in the Coastal, it's unpredictable, and we always find ways to make it look interesting. We're, we're kind of we're like the black and blue division. You know, like the, like the NFC Central, where the Lions, Bears, Packers, and Bucks always beat the crap out of each other. And you can say the same thing for the AFC Central back in the day, too, because it was the Browns, Steelers, Bengals, and Oilers. But yeah, same thing. Those guys always beat the crap out of each other. Then we got then the Oilers became the Titans, and the uh, Browns became the uh, Ravens. Then we added the Browns again. It was still a tough, tough, tough place to, you know, to play, tough division. Defensively, Pitt did a hell of a job, and if you, and, and I mean, um, they they got the Sean Clifford, they hit Sean Clifford, they did everything they could, and they held him with seventeen points. If you take away Journey Brown's long run early in the game, Penn State really didn't do a whole lot against us on on the running game. They had, a, they had around 160, 170 yards rushing, and basically half of that was that Journey Brown run. Take away that, they didn't do much of anything against us. So we have a, obviously have a really good offense. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, defense. Offense, there's talent there. And I know people want to fire Narduzzi after what happened on fourth and one, but you can tell recruiting has gone better, and there's talent on both sides. Right now, the offense just have, has a lot of yards. They just need to score points. So there's a lot to feel good about, and they, I mean, now let's get into that fourth and one play. I rewatched it. At the time, my uh, I was with my son at the park. You know, I he wanted to go play, and that's just how it is. You know, football takes a back seat. Get the kid off for some nice air. Let him run around. So, obviously, I saw the throw to Taysir Mack, but he got to the one. And Taysir Mack had a hell of a game. 12 catches, 125 yards. I mean, Penn State was keen on French. But guys like Taysir Mack tipped in there. Matthews. Nakia Griffin-Stewart. Had a had a big ass catch on fourth down. I mean, receivers made plays and just became, you know, we get to the goal line, we can't make a play, and of course, the, the one play that stood out to me was the third and one, 
or third and goal at the one where they went play action and then they and they had the, the secondary dumbfounded the guy was open the problem is was we couldn't block the Penn State defenders if we can give King Pick at least another two seconds or, or, or one second at least to throw that football we're tied at 17 but on fourth down we opted for the field goal which pissed a lot of people actually actually pissed a lot of people off um, you know when Clay when Clay Travis comes on and even mentions about how dumb it was you know it was a bad decision and of course Kessman does what Kessman does best he, he banks off the post and that was it you know personally if I'm the coach I don't know I would have made him walk home after that. I mean, he, how, the guy's been here how long now? And he's still pulling this shit with these field goals? I mean, someone's got a lot of fire under, under him because this crap has to stop with him shanking kicks. And I'll move on from that. As far as the call goes, you know, Narduzzi said you need two scores to win. And I get what he's saying. If they would have tied it, they would need another score to win. True. But you're a 70 pointer dog at Penn State. You gotta pound. You gotta do something. Pound the pound it in somehow. Figure figure it out. Get the ball in the end zone. And I think Narduzzi's line of thinking was he felt really good about his defense. So he kicks the field goal and then hopes, then hopes for a stop. And then they get the ball back and hopefully they can win it. But they, but regardless, they were going to need a touchdown to win. And of course, since the field goal failed, they were, they were going to need a touchdown to tie it. So either way, the way he saw it was it, it didn't matter. They were going to need two scores to win it anyway. Which is true, but if that's the case, why just go for it? And if you miss it, you're pinning them back at their goal line. Which they end up being, you know, anyway. And they end up punting and... Pitt did move the ball and they got to to where they could uh, get a Hail Mary and it just didn't fall. But the uh, Journey Brownie five yard run, we'll go back to that. That was like an, an amazing sequence of things. Pitt had Penn State on the ropes at their goal line. Journey Brown was takes it to the house. They and uh, the next play, Pitt gets interception and uh, Paris Four, I believe, almost took it to the house. And then we got flagged for um, pass interference. It comes back, and then Penn State scored. I think Penn State scored a touchdown I think, a few plays later. That was pretty much one of the greatest of um, Pitt sequences in history. I mean, that was just vintage Pitt right there. But, you know, as far as Narduzzi's post-game conference, uh, you know, press conference was concerned, I wasn't buying his crap. This game was like the, even he said it was like the Super Bowl. 
this game was a big deal for him. It's, it's been, because if it wasn't, he wouldn't have had his players under wraps the entire week when they weren't talking to the media. He really wanted this game, and unfortunately, I mean, if you saw a look on his face after the shanked field goal, you know, it just look of doom. I mean, so I'm, I'm not buying, you know, his, what he's saying. He wanted this game more than anything, and he knows it. And now they go to the Central Florida next week. Well, actually, they'll be at home. But hopefully the uh, the, fer- the ferocious defense brings true because Central Florida is on a big high right now and Pitt obviously should be out for a revenge because they're another high powered offense as well and for the, for those of you who went to the Penn State game and for those who maybe were listeners who went to Penn State because you know I did some work with Tommy with a certain amount of Nittany Dave and Andy's are the creamy, depending on what your um, your your preferences. Maybe closed, and you know you're sniffing other. They may not. They may not just get that banana split they've been craving. But you got something better for them, for your sniffing other, and that is Blue Chew. Go to BlueChew.com. Add a promo code. Armchair. And you can get the first shipment free on us. Yeah, you have to pay five. You have to pay the five bucks for the shipping, but still, the, the entire order is free on us. It's got the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's an chewable pill. So you take it, and by the time you get home, you may give them that banana split they've been craving. But just make sure you pick up the stuff at the store for later, so you can make it for them when you're done. You really think I was gonna, you know, insinuate something else? Come on, get your mind out of the gutter. Go to bluechew.com and check it out. All right, now I'm gonna miss doing these blue chew ads, you know, when, when they're over. I mean, they're they're fun. All right, looking around the rest of the college football, as there were some, uh, you know, some fun, you know, some fun games. Uh. Friday we saw it was Friday we saw Houston and uh, Washington State play. Uh, the Cougs came up short. I thought it'd be a more high scoring affair. Uh, the first half it was pretty low scoring and yeah, I mean I, I mean the overall that was 74, 74 and a half at the time and everybody everybody was trying to pound that and it didn't work. And plus people were trying to pound the uh, the, the spread on um, Indiana Ohio State. People were really convinced that the Hoosiers were going to cover that game. I mean, I understand that Indiana has given Ohio State scares in the past, but they're Indiana. That was when Kevin Wilson was still there, and they, you know, he was you know, treating his players like a sweatshop. Now, not so much. Uh, we saw Maryland lose the Temple, and of course, people were pounding that pick as well, and I saw the previous meeting, and you know Temple beat them thirty-five fourteen, and I decided to stay away from that. 
Uh, West Virginia knocked off NC State was a surprising one. And if we go to the uh, rest of the ACC, there were some pretty obvious ones. You know, Miami knocked off Bethune Cookman, where you saw a uh, walk on running for a touchdown. Wade took on NC State. Clemson destroyed um, Syracuse, which was a, which was an obvious one. Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts continued his tear as they tore up UCLA, and UCLA just looks really bad. I mean, they I'm I'm not sure what what's going on. But they just look really, really bad. And if we look at the rest of the ACC, Kansas knocked off Boston College, which is another big surprising one. I think they were a 21 point dog in that one. And, You know, Boston College got to a slow start, and you know, less miles with a with, with a big win for Kansas. I mean, that's one of their biggest wins in recent history because they haven't had much to talk about since man, since they fired Mangino. They brought in Turner Gill, and that fell apart because Turner Gill took Buffalo to the MAC title, and it just didn't work out at Kansas at all. Then they followed up with a by hiring, hiring Charlie Weiss, which I don't understand that one at all. And Charlie took it even more further down. Uh, Furman, Virginia Tech, that went to the um, to the bitter end. Tech wins that one by seven. Citadel knocks off Georgia Tech. Louisville beats Western Kentucky by 17. Duke knocks off Mid-Tennessee, 41-18. I thought that game would be close. And Virginia knocks off Florida State, 31-24. But as far as the rest of the top 25 is concerned, there wasn't really a whole bunch else to talk about. We saw Maryland's the Temple. Ohio State won that one, where they beat the crap out of Indiana like usual. Alabama beat South Carolina, and they, you know, South Carolina barely covered that 25 points. Central Florida beats, beats the crap out of Stanford, and I don't know, Stanford, I think they're in for really down here. I think they're just. You know, when you take a uh, team that's really fast like Central Florida, I think it's a really you know slow team like Stanford, which they are. Bad things obviously happen. Iowa and Iowa State, that game seemed to go on forever, and uh, Iowa State had a chance at the end, but of course they, the uh, there were some issues with the punt returner and one of his players. Uh, Michigan State got knocked off by Arizona State 10-7. I like I it shocked me because I like Michigan State in the big you know in the Big Ten contention. I figured they had their offense worked out, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, BYU knocked off UC, uh, USC, and that's the second week in a row that BYU's won in overtime. And that was a that was a big one because uh, USC came off a big win over Stanford, but looks like that win was just fool's gold. But other than that, you guys, there wasn't a whole much else that went on 
in terms of the top 25 and around college football. Pretty, uh, it was a pretty under, underwhelming type of weekend. And as far as the NFL goes, I watched a little bit of that and um, bad weekend for quarterbacks. I mean, Roethlisberger made a throw and looks like he hurt his elbow, but we'll have to wait and see what the details on that is. And of course, Drew Brees hurt himself. And we're not sure what happens there. I mean, both those guys are pushing 40. I think Drew Brees is 40. And Ben's pushing 40, I think. And we're just at a point now where these guys are their agent and they're not as durable as they once were. And a lot of people are saying that Ben looks a lot slower. And I really haven't watched the games to notice that yet. I mean, I watched the New England game, but New England's just a really good team. They're on another, another level than anybody else. You know, for the, a lot of people say he just doesn't look like himself. I don't know, guys. But as if, you, if you look at the uh, ASC North, it's basically Baltimore, and we'll figure out. We'll learn. We'll learn more, more about Cleveland tonight. But Baltimore's off to a start. I mean, Lamar Jackson. You know, he's been playing really well. I mean, yeah, you can say his first two opponents haven't really been that too overwhelming. He's had Arizona. Although, uh, Kyler Murray played a hell of a game as well. He's going to get there. But, uh, you know, they walloped the Dolphins in week one, and they beat the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, sure, you can talk about the competition he's played, but he's put up the numbers against those, against those guys. And if he wasn't, then he'd be, he'd be in really deep crap. And... Right now, Baltimore obviously has the inside advantage on that. The, you know, the Bengals got destroyed by the 49ers, which kind of shocked me as well. But it's, you know, it's been weird. I mean, the first few weeks, I think, in this college football and especially NFL, they're all going to be weird. But right now in the AFC, it's New England, it's New England and everybody else. And NFC... Right now, it's you know, obviously Rams are picking up where they left off, and but um, look for the Eagles. You know, they did lose a heartbreaker last night, and they the win was in their in their grasp, and the receiver that was open dropped the ball, but they still had a chance at the end, and it just didn't work out. So I don't know, guys. As far as the game, you know. As far as it goes, we just have to keep hoping for the best, and uh, I'll see you guys later this week. I'll probably be in, I may be in Pittsburgh on Wednesday, but I'm only going to be here for about, I'm only going to be there till Saturday. I'm, I'm leaving that day. I'm leaving Saturday morning to come back to Houston. I'm just going to go and, um, as you know, I mentioned on uh, Twitter about my friend who passed away, you know, we'd, you know, we'd been friends for 30 years. I've known him since I was 30, you know, since I was three. And we met each other just by playing, you know, we, you know, we live, we all lived next to each other and we went and we introduced ourselves and, and then we played and, you know, it was like, you know, that day when, you know, he died that morning, the more, you know, the more of the Penn State game, you know, my kid was playing and, you know, another kid came by and introduced himself and they played and, you know. 
it kind of put you know a little bit of a you know good feeling to a um, to a you know bad bad time. But um, anyways, guys, I'll let you have your week. Uh, I'll talk to you later this week. Have a great Monday, Hell to Pit. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.